Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmel. I'm my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? Terrific. Good. Okay. Uh, we've got a great show today. We've got a very interesting week in the markets. Lot to cover. One piece that we wanted to definitely chat about is what the heck's happening with all that volatility in the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about taxes. This is the last week of, before our deadline. That's right. And um, and some of the secrets to minimizing them. Yeah, there are quite a few. Uh, and so we've been getting a lot of calls about that from our, our listeners and viewers about, mm-hmm. you know, how do I get prepared for lowering my income taxes through retirement? So mm-hmm. definitely talk about that. Healthcare costs are going up. We're seeing a you know, big concern for many Canadians as they retire is having that health care protection, not only for long term care, but even, you know, medical and dental. And, and you know, when you're leaving the workforce, these types of things happen. What are the costs? We got we got a guest from the Blue Cross talking to us about yeah, that. Yeah, and then assisted and, suicide. Yeah, that's a it's a touchy topic. We're going to start to raise it. It's going to become a bigger part of the conversation uh, going forward in Canada. Um, so it's something I think that we need to start addressing. Yeah, it's it's a conversation <clears throat> that needs to start for sure. Uh, and we've got a guest who's had that conversation with his father. That's right. So we've got a a, a very interesting week this week in the market. When you look at what's going on, uh, the volatility. The, the, I'll call it Spooky Thursday. Thursday came out, uh, Federal Reserve uh, Jer- uh, President Jer- Jeremy Powell and the Bank of Canada came out and they said, um, we might be really aggressive on raising interest rates as high as possibly 75 basis points or three quarters of 1%. That caught the market by surprise. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking of the stock market. And we saw a lot of volatility, a lot of sell-off happening. Um we weren't so surprised with that commentary, you and I, but we were surprised on how the markets reacted to it. Yeah, we got to talk a little bit about that. However, before we get to that, it was a volatile week, so I wore my appropriate socks for the week to, oh, promote, to promote the idea of... you got to read it out loud, man. Selective yeah. hearing specialist. Now, part of that... Resp- you are one. Yeah, well, part, <laughs> part of it is because I've got two teenage girls and there's a tremendous amount of communicating that goes on in my home. <laughs> Most of the time, they're trying to apply for Canada's Got Talent, and there's a lot of singing that goes on, and I have to nice. listen to you drone on all week, too. Nice. But for this particular period, I'm, we're talking about what's news versus noise, right? What do we hear? What are the markets, the volatility? We've got to be selective in what we hear. See? See it's, how all that ties together? It's perfect, because I'm just envisioning my dinner table and my youngest daughter, 13 years of age, almost <clears throat> 13, and we could have a conversation at the table and she could just tune out and not even hear <laughs> a single thing that's going on. And then I'd say, hey, Jenna, what do you... And she's like, what? What, <laughs> what were you talking about? Are you here? And we just covered like three different topics, <laughs> finished most of our meal, and she has no clue. I'm like, I wish I could live in a world like you. I am so jealous of my youngest daughter because she can tune out all yeah. the noise that she sees yeah. and just focus on whatever she needs yeah, to focus whatever on. Whatever she needs to do. Now, it's an important lesson, not just for Jenna and for me, because we're experts at this, but it is important for, for listeners as well. Uh, for, sorry, for uh, investors as well. So let's talk about this because we talked about this, um, the surprise. What we were talking about this week is how much is the market priced in on this and how much is just sort of volatility? I mean, 
money markets were pricing in, well, probably three weeks ago, I would say between seven and nine interest rate hikes, quarter point hikes, okay, um, <clears throat> over the course of 2022. Now, maybe we'll get those, maybe we'll get um, them quicker, right? Maybe we'll get more, I don't know. But but clearly, as the communication continues to happen, yep. the market reaction, you're seeing that, right? On Thursday, Friday, you're seeing yep. markets bounce all over the place. You're seeing yields bounce all over the place. You're seeing bond markets bouncing all over the place. We're going to have a choppy year as we see how all this rolls out. It feels like we were driving in Calgary weather this week right. is what the markets were. One day, it's great. You're moving forward. Things are going great. You're on the deer foot. The next day, snowfall. Oh, my God. Sliding Sliding everywhere. You're you're moving faster sideways than you are forward. Mm. You know, then the next day, okay, everything's melted. Let's get back at it. This is what happened because the the fear of a snowfall causes drivers to kind of maybe react in a way that they shouldn't is the same thing that happened in the markets is that we got a a conversation from both the central bankers in Canada and the U.S. saying we're going to raise interest rate. Whoa, slow down, everybody. Let's start skidding across the the streets because it's a lot easier than it is to deal with the snowfall that just came in front of us. And I think that's the biggest problem that we faced this week in the market is that it was so reactionary. What I like about it, of course, for, for people like me, is that um, things got out of hand on both the stocks and bond market. And this week was the first time in a long time I've said to you, uh, let's go buy bonds. Yeah, yeah. Let's go shopping for some bonds because they've been sold like erratically. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and that might that could be part of just a rebalance strategy. At some point, it could be a more aggressive approach because yields are higher. Listen, the, the fact of the matter is um, there's a couple of things going on here. The uh, the path the path of interest rate increases is not clear, and even the central banks aren't clear. They're just keeping their options open, right? Yeah. What's very important to central banks is that they maintain their credibility, and so what they don't want to be in a position to do is hike rates by fifty basis points when the market thinks it's twenty five because they lose credibility. The market says, "Well, they don't know what the heck they're doing," yeah. so we can't rely on their guidance. So remember, the <clears throat> central bank has to use moral suasion. Yep. They can use strong language to try to tamper down inflation. Yep. Right? They have to set proper expectations so they don't lose credibility. But all of that's still, un- the, the path is uncertain. So I think we can expect a couple of steps forward, two or three. You, you, they typically, if you look historically, they stumble at that point and markets have reacted, they pause. Whole bunch of things gonna happen here. Why I like this point that we're in, in the markets, in the economy, is we've got a tug of war in multiple areas. Mm-hmm. We've got inflation running up high, so the central bankers have to contain that, and they'll do whatever they have to do to to contain that. We've got a war in place, which is dragging out longer than some expected it to be, and that's causing a bit of disruption, especially with commodity prices and so forth. Then you've got manufacturing on the rise globally. Global manufacturing was actually up uh, versus estimates, so that's an interesting piece happen there, which means the economy's opening up at the same time we're going through inflation at the same time that we're going through uh, this war. And then you've got the shutdowns in, in China causing a little <laughs> bit of a disruption on, on supply chain. you got all this stuff happening at the same time. And when you get pulled in every direction, sometimes you end up going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You don't get stuck. <clears throat> you get pulled in one direction. I think Many of uh, of the market in general have been pulled in one direction, primarily down. We have seen some really good companies hammered. 
We have seen some really good companies being sold purely because all of a sudden the same interest rates that they had in 2018 are going to cause bigger problems now right. than when they were in 2018. Right. Very interesting. Right. Very interesting. And so for, for us to actually go through that data and start to pick our points, I think that's what people who are, are investing in a look at is where the opportunity is. And I, I know for a fact that more and more people are looking at cash flow in form of dividends of companies versus growth. And I think people have to take a step back and go, look at the total return, mm -hmm. not just the dividend cash mm -hmm. flow. You know, and, and add to what you just said, um, you know, Bank of Canada uh, upgraded our GDP forecast, our growth forecast for our economy this year. Yeah, and in the, the midst of all of this, and at the same time, mm -hmm. the IMF said that we're going to be the slowest right. growing economy of the G7. Right. So you've got one saying it's going to be better, <laughs> one saying, yeah, right. you're going to be the shortest of all short people in that in that group. Mm -hmm. uh, so congratulations, Canada. So a bit of a different move there. So where right. do you actually? put your portfolio, I think it's a very interesting point in time, and I love it because this is where good money managers get separated from lucky managers and the market itself. Right, and and what the good news is that you've got buyers and sellers right now, yeah. right? That every time you've got you know, people on, on different sides, you've got buyers and sellers, and that's a healthy market. That is a healthy market. Part of the, uh, the conversation now, when we talk about legacy and the healthcare buckets, is a conversation around end of life. Um, and we know that legislation in Canada has changed some time ago, but it is, it's a new topic for a lot of people. We're still trying to integrate this into our society and how people feel about it. You know, it can be, you definitely got both sides of the argument. Have you thought about <clears throat> the whole end of life conversation? Have you put it into your, into your plans? Have you talked to your wife about it? You asking me personally? Yeah. Yeah, we have, we have talked about it. Um, Although, you know, I'm of the opinion that it's, uh, this is a difficult topic. Uh, I, I had a recent conversation with somebody who just went through this experience okay. with a friend. Oh, wow. Uh, and they're at the end-of-life decision. And um, certainly the, the person who made the end-of-life decision was very happy about it. Um, and they were settled with the idea. But it was unsettling for the people around him, like this person I was talking to. Okay. Yeah, so to answer your question, we have in concept, but I think until you're faced with that decision, it's a very difficult one to get your head around. Do you think it would be different <clears throat> how you feel about yourself versus how you feel about your aging mother? Um, I, I, again, I think, um, I, I, well, first of all, you know, mom couldn't make that decision because she has Alzheimer's, but given that she was in a state of mind that she could, uh, it would be a very different experience for me than it would be for her. Uh, I, I firmly believe if she made that decision, she'd be settled with it. I think it would be very difficult on me. And I think that's probably the hardest <clears throat> part is actually being that person that makes that decision, that call. Yeah. Um, even though a lot of work's done in advance of what uh, what transpires to making that decision, and yes, the parent is is uh, settled with it. But I would I I would feel very different, weird, oh, yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Even having that um, that kind of um, conversation with the doctors, if it was for my father, for example, right. and we've got we've got a person who's written a book about this type of thing. We do. Uh, the book is called Exit. It's the last year with my father. Uh, it's been written. It's written by a German uh, named Uli Oswald. Now, um, Uli has asked uh, uh, Iris Hunter, who we've got on the show, to to translate effectively. Um, Iris's English is a little bit better, and she's offered to to be our translator to help us understand Uli's experience as he describes it in his book. So, Iris. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking some time with us. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
Maybe you, you heard a little bit of our, our setup, and <clears throat> there's lots of questions about this, but maybe we could get right into this. I'd, I'd love to know um, uh, a little bit about, about Uli's experience uh, and why he chose to write this book. Well, Uli, I, I should tell you, first of all, Uli is Swiss, Swiss-German, um, not, not German. Um, so that makes a bit of a difference in terms of uh, legislation, of course. And Uli had a... Grew up in a in a in a in a traditional middle class Swiss family with a very strong father who was ruling the roost. Um, he was a very strong personality, uh, CEO of big firms Knorr and Rinier, and then he was mainly known in Swiss. Uh, but everybody in Switzerland, practically, as an army reformer. So he was a very strong personality. Orly was one of two brothers, and they were always doing what, you know, the, the, the father was, was the dominant person, although Orly grew up um, and became, a, you know, lived his own life. But there was, for a long time, there was, there was the, the feeling that the father was, was the strong patriarch. Um, when, and his, his mother had a, his mother was, uh, expected to die before, after, after the, sorry, after the, the, uh, father, as, as is statistically the case. And when the mother then died, um, before in agony of cancer and the father approached his 90th year, uh, he was, he suddenly, the father suddenly announced that he was thinking of dying as his sister had done, but they did, the family didn't know that through Exit, which is a, 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 a or an organization that helps people die as they do the maid, Canada the maid thing, medically assisted dying. And, um, Discussions then started very slowly with Uli standing by his father's side and, and roles reversed in the way they often do with children and, and parents. Uli was suddenly in a position of helping his father, supporting him, like water going upwards, flow, flowing upwards, where before the father was supporting when he was a child, and you know, through through decades, um, and now it was up to Uli to advise and to to see that the father was doing, you know, was being helped in his difficult situation. Fortunately, the fact there was there were other people in the family also who uh, who were involved in the discussions, and uh, I think one of the main uh, one of the main arguments that Ueli would say is what he wanted to do with the book was mm, uh, encourage people to talk about death and dying, not to treat it as a taboo, as so many Western societies do, not to leave it until you're faced with it, but just talk about death and dying as we all do about birth and being born as something natural and the earlier you start the more the easier it gets really and involve if i can just jump in i that would be um i think you've made a very very good point there through 
uh, Uli's experience about talking about it. I am curious, and, and you made a very good distinction, it's Swiss German, so Swiss legislation, but I am curious about the different legislations around the world, how it sort of compares to Canada, if you're able to comment on that. Yes, I have found a very good website with a, an amazing uh, table produced by the British Medical Association, the Brits, um, uh, to, to tell people where, and they give, they give you statistics of where it's, it's allowed, whether the doctors, whether you can do it when you are, whether you can um, apply to, to go to one of those organizations when you have dementia um, or not whether it has to be applied at the same time, how many doctors have to be involved. And um, for example, in Switzerland, it, it's fairly free. You can, you know, you, you, you have to be enrolled with one of those organizations and you get to know them. Um, and so, and, and it's, you know, people will guide you through. Um, there is one organization in Switzerland, which is called Dignitas, which is very famous in, in in England, for example, because they allow foreigners to to go and 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 avail yourself of their their services, the Swiss usually don't go there um, because it because places like Exit is they'll come to your house. It's much more much less like a, a factory run uh, organization. So you have you have Switzerland. There's Oregon, of course, which is on, on that table, where which is fairly liberal, or very liberal. Um, then you have the Netherlands, where again that's that's quite liberal. Um, Belgium as well. Question of whether you, whether children are allowed to to be treated like that or not. Um, and then you have yes, you have Canada. You know about mates, which has just. Um, recently been upgraded in in in, in law. Um, you know the the thing is in the whole world, Western world in any case, in most countries there are discussions and campaigns, and the and the, and the uh, societies and associations they talk to each other. In England at the moment, it is not allowed to help somebody kill somebody. I mean to to help somebody. To, to, to do suicide like that, or that's what they call it, um, assisted dying. But the House of Lords is, is very much discussing it, and Baroness Meacher is, is, is pushing for the legislation to be introduced, that in England too you can um, have assisted dying. What happens at the moment is people have to go to Zurich, to the Dignitas Clinic, and of course, they have to go early enough that they can they can do it themselves. So if somebody is quadriplegic, for example, and cannot um, organize the the traveling and everything else by themselves. They run the risk that they get arrested on the way back with the ashes of the of the dead person. Iris, this is a, this is this is a big topic. I know. Unfortunately, we're running short on time. I think that what we wanted to do at this point is to raise the, the awareness of the topic because this is going to be a conversation I believe in Canada is going to continue to evolve and obviously in many places around the world. So I want to thank you very much for taking some time with us today and, and please pass along our best to Uli Oswald, the author of Exit, The Last Year with My Father, 
for writing a book on his experience. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Healthcare costs uh, and healthcare itself is a big topic of conversation for people when they retire. Yeah, so let's point, let's paint the picture a bit here, Dave. You're approaching retirement. Um, you're you're been accustomed to your benefits at work. Yep. Um, you may be 65 years of age, and you get this Blue Cross package from the Alberta government that covers some minimal amount. And you're like, oh, oh I, I'm accustomed to going to the dent for dental work. I'm accustomed to going to get prescription or medical needs and so forth. And you know, how much is it going to cost? Is this the best plan? Where do I go? What do right. I do? Now, fortunately, part of our practice uh, with our clients is to kind of go through all the options that are out there in the market. But one group that continually comes yep. up yep. as an option to look at is uh, Alberta Blue Cross right. and, they're, and what they're available here. So let's bring on our, our next guest talking about some of the individual products that are out there. Yeah, we've got Nirmal Singh, who's uh, Vice President of Individual Products at Alberta Blue Cross, joining us. Nirmal, thank you very much for taking some time with us. Thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about um, about this transition away from a corporate benefit plan into retirement. There's a lot of confusion around this, and maybe you can just start with uh, just educating us generally about what people need to know as they're leaving the workforce, pre-65 and say after 65, and then we can sort of get into what coverages are available. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I can tell you uh, this is very common. We deal with this every day. I feel like, you know, as everyday Albertans, we're concentrating on what we need to do from a work perspective, our basic jobs, and we get used to benefits that we have at work, but we don't really understand them. And we're not benefit experts uh, at our employment uh, company, so we just do our jobs and we'll figure out benefits when we need to. So I can tell you, typically, a lot of people are confused. They don't know what's available, what steps they should take, and what timelines they should be looking at. So my advice is really get prepared. And I feel like most employees really know to the penny what their financial situation is going to look like in terms of the various pension options, whether it's a pension plan through work or CPP, uh, whatever that looks like. But when it comes to the world of benefits, they don't know a lot. So my first ask would be, please make sure you give yourself enough time. And I would say if you're thinking about retiring, uh, give yourself at least six to nine months to start researching what your options are. Understand, first and foremost, what you have with your employer, because you might not know what you uh, have with your employer. So that'll give you an idea of what you might need in the future. Um, so understand what your employer has. And then I would also say, start looking at what you're spending for yourself with your employee benefits. That'll give you an idea of what your costs should look like as you approach retirement. Um, and then the other thing I should tell you is a lot of people get caught out in the window. Typically, when you leave your uh, employer plan, you only have upwards to about 30 to 60 days to make a decision about per purchasing a personal benefit plan. If you miss that window, then typically some of the options won't be on the table and you may have certain benefits that you have to access after a period of waiting periods that might be applied. So when you look at the costs that are, are being incurred by retirees um, to kind of top themselves <clears throat> up above the basic uh, Blue Cross plan that they get uh, after the age of 65, what are some of the costs that retirees will face when it comes to either premiums or things they need to be aware of if they do not take additional coverage? Yeah, so great question. So obviously this varies based on each individual and their health, but generally speaking, the average age of retirement for Canadians is age 65. Uh, also, 75% of Albertans age 65 or over can expect to have some type of chronic health condition. 
And loosely put, a chronic health condition is something that you're going to need ongoing care for. And three of the most common uh, chronic health conditions include heart disease, mental illness, and diabetes. So when you're talking about costs, back to making sure you've done your research on your employer plan, say how much does uh, Faisal spend or Dave spend in the last year for my personal cost? But typical costs, you have to start budgeting for our prescriptions, uh, which I would say are typically in excess of $100 a month. You'll need some type of basic dental care. Uh, and even the basic dental in Alberta for a checkup and cleaning will range anywhere in the range of three to $400 uh, for that one visit. And then you'll have to look at certain things that you might be used to, such as physiotherapy, chiropractor, massage, acupuncture, and vision care. So it's not uncommon for the average Canadian, 65 years of age or older, to expect to budget approximately $2,000 or more every year for your basic type of needs. And that would include supplementing the uh, coverage for seniors that's available uh, for Albertans uh, uh, today. Normal, how competitive <clears throat> is the marketplace for to get insurance coverage for people age 65 and above, let's say, let's start there. Uh, and the reason why I ask this question is because when you're doing that research that you recommended six, nine months, they're going out and they're getting quotes from different insurance companies, your company included, uh, mm -hmm. on what the premiums would be. And they're trying to compare and contrast because every insurance plan has different bells and whistles or features and benefits. And they're trying to compare the two. When you look at what the overall um, um, competition is like, how close are our companies or are they, are, they, are they far apart when it comes to what they offer from, from uh, coverage or protection? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm going to tell you that the majority of uh, companies that offer a retiree benefit plan, which will typically include core services for prescriptions, dental, vision, and extended health benefits, and they should have a travel benefit embedded uh, like Alberta Blue Cross does, because a lot of retirees typically are going to do some type of traveling as well. So I would say from a pricing and a benefits perspective, we're more more similar than different. I feel that what uh, potential customers should focus on is making sure there's a good fit for the, the individual and their needs. So as you get older, your needs are gonna change, your budget might change. So I would say you start looking at the intangibles, i.e., can I make changes to this retiree plan as I get older, as my needs change? So you wanna make sure that there's flexibility and change uh, options within your plan so you can maybe increase coverage as you need it and you can decrease coverage as you need it and then i'd also make sure you focus on when you're looking at placing your business uh with a carrier for retiree benefits you do your research in regards to once i'm a customer there what is the technology like what is the service like in regards to me being able to talk to somebody being able to submit claims is it going to be all paper are they going to be able to submit them electronically? Do they have an app I can use? I can tell you the senior today of uh, 65 is very different than 20 years ago. They're very comfortable with technology. Uh, so you need to make sure that there's a mix of technology and the high touch perspective. So I'll give you an example. If you want to do research, you should be able to go online and do research for everything that you need in terms of what does the plan cover? What does it cost? Can I build my specific plan the way I need it to? But 
You also want to make sure that there's the option that if I want to pick up the phone to talk to somebody, to actually have a conversation about some of the questions that I have, both prior to purchasing and also that same type of support after I purchase, when it comes down to claim time, when I also need other assistance in regards to making changes to my plan. So you want to factor all of that in as well. Normal. if somebody's interested in getting a hold of Blue Cross and exploring this, how best do they do that? So, great question again. Uh, there's two options. The old-fashioned way is pick up the phone. Uh, you can call us toll-free, 1-800-394-1965. Any one of our uh, team members will be happy to assist you to guide you through the healthcare system, answer your questions, and help you make some decisions that are best fit, best fit for you. The other option is just go to our website. Uh, everything that I talked about is on our website and there's actually a retirement guide that goes in detail about all of the things that you should consider in the best resources uh, that are available to you, including what's available to the provincial government. It also allows you to start building a plan, pricing a plan, and if you decide you're comfortable, you can purchase a plan all online in a matter of seconds. And you did ask about costs of a plan. I can tell you as a 65-year-old, a uh, single individual, you can expect to pay anywhere from $110 a month for a full retiree plan uh, and up, depending on how much coverage you want. So that $110 could increase to $170, depending on which plan you build for yourself. Uh, once again, like I said, it's really about the core benefits, prescription, dental, vision, uh, embedded travel benefits, and also health benefits that are important to you, whether it's vision, massage, uh, acupuncture, the whole works. Normal, thank you very much for taking some time with us today. I appreciate you shedding some light on what is a very confusing and sometimes a scary topic. So thank you for your time. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, having me on your show today. We've been joined by Normal Singh, Vice President, Individual Products at Alberta Blue Cross. We're in the middle of tax season, uh, Faisal. We thought at it was the a, end of it now. Well, I, I do A week know. to go. Come on. So many forms no. come in late. It is, it, it, come on, you and I both know this is the this is okay. the heat of the battle so I think, right now. I think the tax season for filing, we're at the end of it, <clears throat> but the tax season for understanding and getting prepared for the future is happening now. Well, it's happening every day. And so we want to talk about this because it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people right now, right? And so um, taxes is the single biggest line item for most people in retirement, Yep. right? it will have the biggest impact over time of their ability to sustain and support the lifestyle that they want. And so it's, it's one of those topics. And we thought, let's talk a little bit about um, taxes and from a retirement perspective, an in, uh, investment perspective, when we trigger those things, like it, it extends beyond that, but with a focus on that, there's sort of three points in time yeah. that people really need to be cognizant of from a tax perspective. Y yeah, there are three points <clears throat> in time when you end up having to pay tax in your retirement. Yeah. And they are... When you make money, yep. when you take money, yep. and when you die. Right. Those three points, when you make, take, or die, yep. that's a key point to remember. So in your non-registered accounts, your corporate accounts, well, every time you make mm -hmm. money, you buy and sell, you made some dividends or interest, you're going to be paying tax, right. potentially. When you take money, take money out of your RSPs, or your, you take money out of your company, right. potential tax. Right. Right. And then when you pass away, potential tax there right. as well. So there are only three points through your retirement. Now, the, the hardest part is when people get a surprise. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> you're going through life. You're, you're retired now, Dave. Um, and 
all of a sudden you're you're filing your income tax. It's you, Dave. So it's probably on the 29th of April. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, are you done? Congratulations! <laughs> One out of the last 52 years, you're in advance. Great job. Um, so so you've 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 filed your income tax, and you go, oh, it's a lot more taxes I have to pay this year than last year, and I wasn't ready. For, I was surprised. I didn't realize we made this much money, mm-hmm. right? which is a good problem to have <clears throat> when you make money. Yep. That's a good problem to have. Well, you can only pay tax opposite. if you're making money. Yeah, versus the opposite. <clears throat> right. I, I lost a lot of money. Right. Because if you never pay tax, that means you've never made money. Right. Right? Right. Um, and so in this situation of a surprise, the concern comes up is, okay, now should we adjust the investment strategy because of the surprise tax bill? How, how do we determine when to pay uh, capital gains tax, for example, or when do we start to sell an investment? Should the tax situation dictate that or where does it rank in, 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 a, in a strategy especially when you're approaching or living in retirement yeah so I I, I typically separate um, the investment decisions from the tax strategy um, because you know you and I were talking about this to to incorporate a tax strategy into uh, investment decisions there there's a whole bunch of unknowns that compl- that make that impossible to do yep right because you'd have to know precisely what the economy is going to be doing what positions you're going to be invested in next year not this year and so on and so forth. Not possible. So my position on this, Faisal, you know, is that uh, when you're making investment decisions, the investment decisions are made on the fundamentals and the merits of the investment decision alone. Period. Period. There's no point in making money and giving it all back to avoid paying tax, right? That's not a good idea. Yeah. So I I think you separate that. But that doesn't necessarily mean there aren't tax strategies, right? So if you got that surprise that you're talking about uh, in any given year, um, does it doesn't mean that you're done, that you don't have any options going forward to try to mitigate some of that tax impact over time. And the answer is that that's not true. Yeah. Right? There are strategies. For instance, if you have lost carry forward, right? So if you had losses 20 years ago, you can carry them forward, which could minimize taxes this year. Okay? If you don't have any of that, and you've got a, lo- a gain this year, and you run into a recession three years from now, and you take some losses, then you can carry that back in time for Correct. three years. And recover on some of that tax. Correct. So tax strategy is different than the the investment so, decision. So here comes the problem with the tax situation <laughs> and people's investments outside of TFSA and RSPs. Yes. Okay. Tax strategy, or sorry, tax filing is done on an annual basis, and individual Canadians become siloed on a year by year basis of their taxes. Right. A tax strategy is not a year-by-year thing. Right. We use the terminology 3D. The 3D strategy is a longer-term view of keeping taxes low right. for throughout your retirement. Right. The 3Ds stand for deduct, divide, and defer. Now, when you look at those 3Ds, you don't want to just focus every single year and only in that year because you miss out on other periods of time, like when you take money out of your RSPs, <clears throat> in the event of you passing away, all these different scenarios that come up, you wanna have a longer term play. Now, in every year, tax, the tax lever that you can pull happens based upon markets. And let's take last year, 2021, good year in the markets, people might've sold some investments, made a capital gain, early part of 2022, not such a good year. Right. You could realize some losses to offset some of those gains. Yes, you pay Revenue Canada or CRA in advance, mm-hmm. but you could get that back if 2022 <clears throat> doesn't turn out to be a good year. You could get some of that back the following year. Right. 
by just adjusting that tax return. So there are levers you can play by year by year, but the big one is more about the longer term strategy, which we call right. 3D. Right. Now, when you are in retirement, I think the one thing that people need to focus on is how do you keep your taxes low? This is the, the secrets of keeping your taxes low. When you are in retirement, number one piece that you should look at is what we call the withdrawal strategy or sequence of withdrawal. Right. How and where you take your money from, CPP, old age security, RSP, non-registered money, TFSAs, all the different pools of capital, yep. pension income. Yep. Do you have a spouse or are you a solo retiree? Yes. All these different scenarios will dictate which, which areas do you take money out of, which is the sequence of withdrawal. That's the number one piece. The number two piece of the secrets that you can look at is can you transfer some of that tax liability to a significant other or somewhere else, mm -hmm. right? There are strategies in place, and this was too short of a show to talk about all the different strategies yeah, yeah. that are out there, but there are ways that you can minimize your taxes throughout your retirement by just transferring that tax liability to other sources. That's another. And then transitioning assets. Right. There's an opportunity to transition some of your assets, move them around in order to deduct or divide or defer at any point in time. Right. So looking at those three secrets, number one, the sequence of withdrawal. Where do you take your money from? Number two, transferring liability. How do you can transfer that tax liability somewhere else where it's yeah. lower or less yeah. or, or zero? Yep. And number three, transitioning assets so that you can make sure that you can deduct, divide, or defer. Those three are the key secrets to keeping taxes low throughout your retirement, but it's not a year-by-year -year plan. Yeah. It's a longer-term plan with levers you can pull year-by-year. -year. And and I'm just going to we'll just finish up the segment by saying the tax strategy is layered all through. Like we talk about the four buckets all the time. It's layered all through these different buckets, right? Um, and, and it has tendrils that touches everything. Um, and it's not to say that, that we uh, don't look on a year-to-year -year basis, but it has to be dynamic because taxes change all the time, yeah. right? And I think that's an important element too. So have a strategy in place, make sure it's dynamic. It's not focused on a singular year like your retirement. It's spread across that whole period of time. Yeah, and that's why your post-filing <clears throat> strategy or meeting is important. After you've filed your income taxes, you should be sitting down with your, 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 your finance team, your financial advisor, your portfolio manager, and say, hey, guess what? Dave, Faisal, we just got a big capital gain last year. What are we gonna do to offset that yep. this year? We can pull some levers. Or if you had a big capital loss last year, what are we gonna do to offset that? Or whatever the situation may be from a tax perspective, the post-filing conversation needs to take place. So you've got the next eight months right. to prepare to pull on those levers. That's exactly right. I think that's a great piece. Like I said, there's lots of moving parts here. We can't do justice to all of it, but uh, but there is there are lots of options for people. Now, we've Tons. got to talk about all this stuff, Correct. right? Tax is an important piece of it, we said. Largest sort of single line item for most people in retirement. We are gonna go into detail <clears throat> about how this tax strategy works. We are gonna go into more of a detail on how to protect your income still give you growth, mm -hmm. lower your taxes, have money available in the event of a health issue like long-term care or home care, and still pass on assets uh, or your wealth to the people you want to pass them on to. And make sure that all, no matter what happens in the economy in the world, you are protected along the way. We're gonna discuss our solution to all those problems on Tuesday, April 26, 7 p.m., live online. You need to register for this. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's 
morethanmoneyradio.com to register. Well, thank you for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. On behalf of Faisal, myself, Dave, we look forward to chatting with you next week. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.